Welcome to an LTS Guided Meditation and Mindful Reading. Companion to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Come Follow Me Studies. I am your host, Trisha Haney. This week's episode covers December 6th through 12th, the Articles of Faith and Official Declarations 1 and 2. We Believe. If you haven't already, please join me for my new podcast, Meditative Reading the Book of Mormon. Let's begin by sitting or laying in a comfortable position in a quiet space. Close your eyes. Be mindful of your breathing. Be aware of the air as it enters and exits your body. Be conscious of the rise and fall of your chest as your breathing deepens. Recognize the air that surrounds you, the warmth or the coolness of it as it touches your skin. Observe your thoughts. This is your time to let go of the past and future worries for a time and to be in the present. If you find your thoughts wandering, gently bring them back to the present by focusing on your breathing. As we continue to relax our bodies, you may choose to incorporate movement by stretching or moving the body part before relaxing it, or you can choose to remain still. Soften your face, your eyebrows, eyes, cheeks, and jaw. Relax your neck and your shoulders. Let the tension Flow down and out through your arms, wrists, hands, and fingers. Relax your core, your spine, chest, abdomen, and hips. Let the tension flow down and out through your legs, ankles, feet, and toes. Scan your body for any places that you still might be holding tension and release it. If you are sitting, straighten your spine, lift your chin, and drop your shoulders. Continue to soften your body while your breathing deepens. The 
the Articles of Faith of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 1. We believe in God, the Eternal Father, and in His Son, Jesus Christ, and in the Holy Ghost. 2. We believe that men will be punished for their own sins and not for Adam's transgressions. 3. We believe that through the Atonement of Christ, all mankind may be saved by obedience to the laws and ordinances of the Gospel. 4. We believe that the first principles and ordinances of the Gospel are first, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, second, repentance, third, baptism by immersion for the remission of sins, fourth, laying on of hands for the gift of the Holy Ghost. 5. We believe that a man must be called of God by prophecy and by the laying on of hands by those who are in authority to preach the gospel and administer in the ordinances thereof. 6. We believe in the same organization that existed in the primitive church, namely, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and so forth. 7. We believe in the gift of tongues, prophecy, revelation, visions, healing, interpretations of tongues, and so forth. 8. We believe the Bible to be the Word of God as far as it is translated correctly. We also believe the Book of Mormon to be the Word of God. 9. We believe all that God has revealed, all that He does now reveal, and we believe that He will yet reveal many great and important things pertaining to the Kingdom of God. 10. We believe in the literal gathering of Israel and in the restoration of the Ten Tribes, that Zion, the New Jerusalem, will be built upon the American continent, that Christ will reign personally upon the earth, and that the earth will be renewed and receive its paradisiacal glory. 11. We claim the privilege of worshiping Almighty God according to the dictates of our own conscience and allow all men the same privilege. Let them worship how, where, or what they may. 12. We believe in being subject to kings, presidents, rulers, and magistrates, in obeying, honoring, and sustaining the law. 13. We believe in being honest, true, chaste, benevolent, virtuous, and in doing good to all men. Indeed, we may say that we follow the admonition of Paul. We believe all things, we hope all things, we have endured many things, and hope to be able to endure all things. If there is anything virtuous, lovely, or of good report or praiseworthy, we seek after these things. Official Declaration 1 The Bible and the Book of Mormon teach that monogamy is God's standard for marriage, unless he declares otherwise. Following a revelation to Joseph Smith, the practice of plural marriage was instituted among the church members in the early 1840s. From the 1860s to the 1880s, 
the United States government passed laws to make this religious practice illegal. These laws were eventually upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court. After receiving revelation, President Wilfred Woodruff issued the following manifesto, which was accepted by the Church as authoritative and binding on October 6, 1890. This led to the end of the practice of plural marriage in the Church. To whom it may concern, press dispatches have been sent for political purposes from Salt Lake City, which have been widely published to the effect that the Utah Commission, in their recent report to the Secretary of the Interior, allege that plural marriages are still being solemnized and that 40 or more such marriages have been contracted in Utah since last June or during the past year. Also, that in public discourses, the leaders of the Church have taught, encouraged, and urged the continuance of the practice of polygamy. I, therefore, as President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, do hereby, in the most solemn matter, declare that these charges are false. We are not teaching polygamy or plural marriage, nor permitting any person to enter into its practice. And I deny that either 40 or any other number of plural marriages have, during that period, been solemnized in our temples or in any other place in the territory. One case has been reported in which the parties allege that the marriage was performed in the endowment house in Salt Lake City in the early spring of 1889, but I have not been able to learn who performed the ceremony. Whatever was done in this matter was without my knowledge. In consequence of this alleged occurrence, the endowment house was, by my instructions, taken down without delay. Inasmuch as laws have been enacted by Congress forbidding plural marriages, which laws have been pronounced constitutional by the courts of the last resort, I hereby declare my intention to submit to those laws and to use my influence with the members of the church over which I preside to have them do likewise. There is nothing in my teachings to the church or in those of my associates during the time specified which can reasonably be construed to inculcate or encourage polygamy. And when any elder of the church has used language which appeared to convey any such teachings, he has been promptly removed. And I now publicly declare that my advice to the Latter-day Saints is to refrain from contracting any marriage forbidden by the law of the land. Wilford Woodruff, President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints President Lorenzo Snow offered the following. I move that, recognizing Wilford Woodruff as the President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the only man on earth at the present time who holds the keys of the sealing ordinances, we consider him fully authorized by virtue of his position to ensue the manifesto which has been read in our hearing and which is dated September 24, 1890, and that as a church in general conference assembled, we accept his declaration concerning plural marriages as authoritative and binding. Salt Lake City, Utah, October 6, 1890. 
Excerpts from three addresses by President Wilford Woodruff regarding the Manifesto. The Lord will never permit me or any other man who stands as president of this church to lead you astray. It is not in the program. It is not in the mind of God. If I were to attempt that, the Lord would remove me out of my place, and so he will any other man who attempts to lead the church of men astray from the oracles of God and from their duty. 61st Semi-Annual General Conference of the Church Monday, October 6, 1890, Salt Lake City, Utah Reported in Deseret Evening News, October 11, 1890, page 2 It matters not who lives or dies, or who is called to lead this church. They have got to lead it by the inspiration of Almighty God. If they do not do it that way, they cannot do it at all. I have had some revelations of late, and very important ones to me, and I will tell you what the Lord has said to me. Let me bring to your minds to what is termed the Manifesto. The Lord has told me to ask the Latter-day Saints a question, and He also told me that if they would listen to what I said to them and answer the question put to them by the Spirit and power of God, they would all answer alike and they would all believe alike with regard to this matter. The question is this, which is the wisest course for the Latter-day Saints to pursue? To continue to attempt to practice plural marriage with the laws of the nation against it and the opposition of 60 million of people and at the cost of the confiscation and loss of all the temples and the stopping of all the ordinances therein, both for the living and the dead? and the imprisonment of the First Presidency and Twelve and the heads of families in the Church, and the confiscation of personal property of the people, all of which of themselves would stop the practice? Or, after doing and suffering what we have through our adherence to this principle, to cease the practice and submit to the law, and through doing so leave the prophets, apostles, and fathers at home, so that they can instruct the people to attend to the duties of the church, and also to leave the temples in the hands of the saints, so that they can attend to the ordinances of the gospel, both for the living and the dead? The Lord showed me by vision and revelation exactly what would take place if we did not stop this practice. If we had not stopped it, you would have no use for any of the men in this temple at Logan for all ordinances would be stopped throughout the land of Zion. Confusion would reign throughout Israel, and many men would be made prisoners. This trouble would have come upon the whole church, and we should have been compelled to stop the practice. Now the question is, whether it should be stopped in this manner or in the way the Lord has manifested to us, and leave our prophets and apostles and fathers free men, and the temples in the hands of the people, so that the dead may be redeemed. A large number has already been delivered from the prison house in the spirit world by this people. And shall the work go on or stop? This question I lay before the Latter-day Saints. You have to judge for yourselves. I want you to answer it for yourselves. I shall not answer it, but I say to you, 
that this is exactly the condition we as a people would have been in had we not taken the course we have. I saw exactly what would come to pass if there was not something done. I have had this spirit upon me for a long time, but I want to say this. I should have let all the temples go out of our hands. I should have gone to prison myself and let every other man go there, had not the God of heaven commanded me to do what I did. And when the hour came that I was commanded to do that, it was all clear to me. I went before the Lord, and I wrote what the Lord told me to write. I leave this with you, for you to contemplate and consider. The Lord is at work with us. Now I will tell you what was manifested to me and what the Son of God performed in this thing. All these things would have come to pass, as God Almighty lives, had not that manifesto been given. Therefore, the Son of God felt disposed to have that thing presented to the church and to the world for the purposes in his own mind. The Lord had decreed the establishment of Zion. He had decreed the finishing of this temple. He had decreed that the salvation of the living and the dead should be given in these valleys of the mountains. And Almighty God decreed that the devil should not thwart it. If you can understand that, that is key to it. From a discourse at the sixth session of the dedication of the Salt Lake Temple, April 1893. Typescript of Dedicatory Services, Archives, Church History Department, Salt Lake City, Utah. Official Declaration 2 The Book of Mormon teaches that all men are alike unto God, including black and white, bond and free, male and female. 2 Nephi 26.33 Throughout the history of the Church, people of every race and ethnicity in many countries have been baptized and have lived as faithful members of the Church. During Joseph Smith's lifetime, a few black male members of the church were ordained to the priesthood. Early in its history, church leaders stopped conferring the priesthood on black males of African descent. Church records offer no clear insight into the origins of this practice. Church leaders believe that a revelation from God was needed to alter this practice and prayerfully sought guidance. The revelation came to church president Spencer W. Kimball and was affirmed to other church leaders in the Salt Lake Temple on June 1, 1978. The revelation removed all restrictions with regard to race that once applied to the priesthood. To whom it may concern, on September 30, 1978, at the 148th Semiannual General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the following was presented by President N. Eldon Tanner, First Counselor in the First Presidency of the Church. In early June of this year, the First Presidency announced that a revelation had been received by President Spencer W. Kimball, extending priesthood and temple blessings to all worthy male members of the Church. President Kimball has asked that I advise the conference that after he had received this revelation, which came to him after extended meditation and prayer 
in a sacred room of the Holy Temple, he presented it to his counselors, who accepted it and approved it. It was then presented to the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, who unanimously approved it and was subsequently presented to all other general authorities, who likewise approved it unanimously. President Kimball has asked that I now read this letter. June 8, 1978 To all general and local priesthood officers of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints throughout the world. Dear Brethren, As we have witnessed the expansion of the work of the Lord over the earth, we have been grateful that people of many nations have responded to the message of the restored gospel and have joined the church in ever-increasing numbers. This in turn has inspired us with the desire to extend to every worthy member of the church all of the privileges and blessings which the gospel affords. Aware of the promises made by the prophets and presidents of the church who have preceded us, that at some time in God's eternal plan, all of our brethren who are worthy may receive the priesthood, and witnessing the faithfulness of those from whom the priesthood has been withheld, we have pleaded long and earnestly in behalf of these, our faithful brethren, spending many hours in the upper room of the temple, supplicating the Lord for divine guidance. He has heard our prayers, and by revelation has confirmed that the long-promised day has come, when every faithful, worthy man in the church may receive the holy priesthood, with power to exercise its divine authority, and enjoy with his loved ones every blessing that flows therein, including the blessings of the temple. Accordingly, all worthy male members of the church may be ordained to the priesthood without regard for race or color. Priesthood leaders are instructed to follow the policies of carefully interviewing all candidates for ordination to either the Aaronic or Melchizedek priesthood to ensure that they meet the established standards for worthiness. We now declare with soberness that the Lord has now made known His will for the blessings of all His children throughout the earth, who will hearken to the voice of His authorized servants and prepare themselves to receive every blessing of the gospel. Sincerely yours, Spencer W. Kimball, N. Eldon Tanner, Marion G. Romney, The First Presidency Recognizing Spencer W. Kimball as the prophet, seer, and revelator, and president of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it is proposed that we as a constituent assembly accept this revelation as the word and will of the Lord. All in favor, please signify by raising your right hand. Any opposed, by the same sign. The vote to sustain the foregoing motion was unanimously in the affirmative. Salt Lake City, Utah, September 30th, 1978. It is now time for the self-guided part of today's mindful practice. Please take this time to pray and ponder about those spiritual things in your mind and heart. Use your breathing to remain in the present. Listen to and ponder those things that the Spirit quietly places into your prepared mind. The Spirit can show you great things 
when you take the time to listen.
Thank you for taking the time to join me today. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please email me at ldsguidedmeditation at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Stay positive, stay grateful, and take the time to be still and ponder as you walk side by side your loving Heavenly Father through this complex and beautiful life.